It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody, I am Kathy Armias. And I am Mark Williams, and welcome everybody to what's about to go down. And I got to tell you, I'm so excited because I was standing in a room. Actually, I was sitting in a room while this guy, Craig Stanley, was standing in front of the room, giving one of the most amazing speeches I had ever heard. Turns out that that speech was the making of a book, this amazing book called Blank Canvas. Oh, he's got an amazing story. And by he, I mean the motivational speaker. By he, I mean the coach. By he, wait, 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 hold on. I love this title. The Reinvention Architect. Craig Stanton, thank you so much for being here. Craig is going to talk to us today as he gets ready to start writing his second book. This whole idea about how we are all on a golden treadmill. Mm. Mm. Craig, we're curious about that. But first, Blank Canvas, the interesting story. Tell us a little bit about your background, right? Your TED Talk, of course, of course. You got to tell us a little bit about your background and your story and why you are the one who needs to talk to us about how we're all on this golden treadmill. First off, Mark and Kathy, I'm so excited for this conversation. I loved our pre-conversation. I know we are going to get into it. And I can't wait to share the idea, but I think a little bit of backstory is really important to frame for context. So I'm going to take us back to uh, September 30th, 2013. On that day, I owned four homes. I drove BMWs. I wore five-figure watches. I was VIP status at some of the best restaurants in Greenwich, Connecticut, and Manhattan. I was married to an amazing, incredible woman. Life on the outside was absolutely incredible. It was, it looked amazing. I had what everybody would say was it all. Then on October 1st, 2013, I had just walked into the office of my brand new job. And I saw that I had a missed voicemail. And this is what the voicemail said. Mr. Stanlin, this is Special Agent McTiernan with the FBI. We are at your residence and have a warrant for your arrest. You need to call us and come home immediately, or we will issue a warrant with the federal marshals. That's the day I lost everything. For just under a year, I committed fraud against one of the tech giants, and it caught up to me on that day. I got so caught up in the lifestyle. I got so caught up in those homes, in the watches, in the cars, in that VIP status. I was on the golden treadmill and I was going to do anything to keep myself on that golden treadmill. And that included committing the fraud that got me arrested by the FBI, landed me in prison for two years with three years of supervised release and ordered to pay over $800,000 in restitution. I lost my career, I lost my marriage, I lost my homes, I lost any money I had, I lost my identity, who I am as a human being on this planet. I didn't know who I was anymore, and I lost the will to live. I started to plan 
when I was in prison, how I would kill myself. And a chance visit from my best friend of over 30 years completely turned my life around into what I am doing now. And that is what my book is about. It starts with that voicemail. It brings you all the way to my rock bottom and how I reinvented from there. And that is the TED Talk is actually a chapter of the book. I, I took a chapter and turned it into that TED Talk. So that was just a very, that's a, that's a 40,000 foot view of my story. Read it, read it, read it, watch it. Ah, and, and just by the way, the writing, the, just the pure writing as, as an English teacher, I was a fan of, of how vivid it was. Right. Um, so you said as a speaking it, it, coach, Mark, I'm a fan of how he just told the story. F right? FYI, I was like, <gasps> voicemail. Oh my God. FBI at your house. Oh my God. Wow. I ordered the book. I haven't gotten it yet. So I'm super excited to read it. Yes. Definitely got to read it. Definitely. Well, thank well, thank you both for that. The, the speaking coach and the English teacher, that makes me, I'm just so, that's incredible. Back thank check. you. That's a win-win. Totally, right? Yes, yes, yes. But I got, uh, uh, but now on the topic of the second book, and you already introduced it, you said you were already caught up on this golden um, treadmill. And so my immediate thought, Kathy, and I don't know if you were thinking this, because we're always talking about how do you put something together and, and make it applicable for a larger audience. And as you tell us what is a very unique story that maybe some people might feel, I don't know if I, I can relate to that. How do we all relate to being on a golden treadmill? Great question. And I know that my story is unique. And there's not a lot of, I know that I'm in the minority. There's not a lot of people who have gone to prison, you know, even though the number's in the millions, I'm still in a minority. But I think where we really connect is our stories and the emotions behind those stories. And the golden treadmill is really just a conceptualization of our desire to pursue happiness, but we pursue the wrong things in the name of that happiness. We pursue pleasure and power, pleasure being, um, you know, the, the vacations, the cars, the watches, the dinners out, whatever it may be, materialism and things and getting caught up in that. Power can be prestige and status and money. And that's when we get on that golden treadmill and we just chase these things for that happiness. And I'd go even beyond that. Really, I believe we all have this intrinsic desire to cultivate meaning in our lives. We want our experiences, in, which are in turn our lives, to mean something. We want fulfillment, but we're conditioned to pursue pleasure and power instead. And so we get on this treadmill and we run and we run and we run. And we get a little bit of enjoyment from it. We get a little dopamine kick when we swipe that, you know, when we swipe that uh, credit card, we get a little bit of that dopamine. When we get that promotion, we get a little bit of that dopamine and we think that it's working and it's a short-term hit after short-term hit when really what we want is long-term meaning and fulfillment. And that's where I'm going with that treadmill analogy. And the way that I see it is there are three options with this treadmill. You never get off of it and you end up dying with regret. Number two, 
life will knock you off the treadmill. That can be divorce. That could be a death. That could be a prison sentence. Whatever it may be, life knocks you off the treadmill. And that's an interesting option because at there, then from there, you still have a choice to make. Am I going to do something with this or am I going to stay in the burnt ashes of what was? That's a whole different conversation. And then number three with the golden treadmill is making the conscious and aware decision that what we're doing isn't working. We feel a success size hole in the middle of our chest and we realize all the sprinting that we've been doing isn't going to fill that. And we slow the treadmill down, we eventually turn it off and we get off of it and we take the path to meaning. Oh my God, so good, Craig. Thank you. No, it's really, really good. What I'd love to frame up for the audience really quick is, so I just wanna understand your journey a little bit further. So you got out of prison, you were writing your book in prison. I heard that in the TED talk, right? Like you were writing your book. You ended up writing the first book, The Blank Canvas, the one that the one that English teacher Mark approves of. <laughs> um, you gave the TED talk, which speaker coach Kathy approves of. And now you're on this journey um, of writing this second book. And, and it's really just like a would you say this is more of your journey too to find your own meaning? Like this is like you kind of wrote the first book and it was like, wow, this is my blank canvas. Uh, you know, I'm going to do something different. You're, you're now helping people with being a reinvention architect. You know, is it the next part of your journey too? I, I'm trying to frame this up a little bit because I have something to ask you. This is absolutely the next part of my journey, but I would say that my meaning, I connected with that on the first book. My gotcha. meaning is my love of writing, the craft of writing, the, the taking of an idea and alchemizing it in a way, in words that make it entertaining and make it accessible and make it executable for the reader. That is something that I really wanna focus on. And my goal with this second book is, the first book, my goal was to help one person. That was my goal with the first book was to help one person. My goal on the second book is still to help one person, but also I want to learn. And mm -hmm. I'm unpacking some things that are very challenging for me. And because the way I'm looking at it is if I don't learn along the way, how can I expect the reader to learn along the way as well? So I'm mm -hmm. really challenging myself with this and going into some areas of my own life and into some studies that are really difficult for me. Uh, this, I mean, the second book is proving to be quite a challenge for me. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. Well, one of the things that I love that you already have really well is the you have this great concept. People love concept. People remember concepts. I love. I personally love a good concept. So we're already there, Mark. I don't have to come up with some great concept. He already has one. The golden treadmill. And I think, I think you know, Mark asking you that question. I'm glad you answered the way that you did. I'm sure he knew you knew the answer. We just wanted to hear you say it, and it was beautiful the way you answered. Because, of course, that human experience of feeling like, oh, my gosh, if I never get off and, you know, I, I think some of the supporting evidence to this uh, concept and to your book and to maybe your next talk is really going to be like, when do we know when are, when do we know we're we're on it? Like, when are we not on it? Like, if we're feeling happy, like 
it, it doesn't go without saying to just say everybody's on it. Right. I mean, some people have found a way to step off of it. And then, you know, I, there's, I think there's just a lot of little nuances. So, and I'm sure that's going to be what's really part of the book, right? It is. It's unpacking those nuances because not everybody is on it by any stretch of the mean, you know, right. and not everybody is on it. And it's getting crystal clear on those little nuances. And how do you identify? That's something that you said in there. And for me, that really is doing all of the things that we were told that we should do, going to the right school, getting the good grades, climbing that corporate ladder, getting the right job, living in the right neighborhood, all of these quote unquote right things, doing all of that and yet feeling absolutely empty. That is one of the telltale signs that you're on the golden treadmill is that you do all the things that you were told to do. Another analogy of that is, you know, you've climbed the top of the mountain, you get to the top. And when you get up there, all the things that you were promised, all the happiness and the joy and the fulfillment aren't there. Mm, yeah. And, and it's very easy to that at that point to then double down on your efforts <laughs> to, you know, to work even harder to get the next promotion. Um, an addiction may come into play, an affair may come into play. Um, you know, it, it can go so many different areas just trying to really, and here's something interesting with the golden treadmill. Not only are we, when we're on it, not only are we running towards something that we think is going to give us happiness, conversely, we're running away from something and we're running away from ourselves mm. and what we're truly meant to do and our calling, because that's how I believe we cultivate meaning in our life is by pursuing our calling. And we can have multiple callings and our calling can be something small. It could be something huge. We shouldn't judge our callings for ourselves and we shouldn't judge anybody else's callings. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's, that's, I hope that kind of unpacked that a little bit. Yeah. I see a little bit of loss aversion um, at play in what you were saying there as well, you know? of, of, of not knowing, like I, I, in my mind, there's a lot of scenarios too, right? The human as humans, we have this condition of being human and, and part of being human is waking up one day and being like, wow, I have the best life in the world and waking up the next day. Oh my God, my life is terrible. It's horrible. Nothing is right. And so even trying to get down to the granular level of like, okay, is that just a feeling that's passing or are you, are you in loss aversion mode where you're doubling down on something? Cause you, you hope that it will pay, continue to pay off or will pay off, you know, loss aversion. I also love the, um, the, you know, the sunken cost fallacy. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I've been doing this for X amount of time. I've got to keep going. You know, I've been working as a, a lawyer, an accountant for 20 years. I've got so much invested that I can't start something new. And and that belief that, um, you know, we've got to burn it all to the ground to start over. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Let me ask you this question, uh, Craig, Uh, do you, what is the, what, what would be a great outcome for that one person? Is it, uh, what, what would be like the outcome of the book of the talk of whatever, like what's the big outcome for the one person? Big outcome would be for them to slow the treadmill down enough that they could step off of it and take the first step Mm -hmm. towards pursuing their calling. Just the first step. Because I think that first step is a doozy. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, especially when it's going fast. <laughs> right. That first step is a doozy. So that's really all I would want is somebody to understand that there is another way and that they don't have to burn everything to the ground, that they can slow it down, that they can step off and to connect with that calling and to take that first step. That would be a real win for me. Mm. Craig, help me out with this. Um, I love, we, we talk about me being an English teacher. I love metaphors. I love this whole image of slowing down and stepping off of the golden treadmill. I'm also thinking about those people who need to read your book and listen to your next TED talk who may struggle with the metaphor and want to know exactly how do I slow down the treadmill? Exactly how do I get off? Like that sounds like a great, you know, abstract idea, but concretely, how do I do it? Because I think a lot of people are going to be looking for that. Yeah, totally. I, I love this question. And what I would say is get crystal clear on what you want in your life mm -hmm. outside of the material, outside of the things, outside of the job promotion. What do you want in your life? Is it freedom? Is it integrity? Is it peace? Then look at your life. Really look at the things that you do, the things that you purchase, the actions that you take, your day-to-day -day activities. And are they adding to you, let's say you want peace, we'll use peace as an example, is buying that $10,000 watch adding peace to your life? Or is that complicating your life because you now have a credit card bill that you're not quite sure how to pay for? I use that as an example because that was me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the, you know, that to really look at and to run everything through a filter of based on what it is that you want and you start taking those things out of your life. You start subtracting. We, we subtract to add. And that's actually how we slow that treadmill down, is to say, I don't need that X amount dollar bottle of wine. I don't need those Jimmy Choo's. I don't need that promotion. Because actually, what I really want is more time with my family. I want to connect with my spouse on a regular basis. And that new job means I'm going to be working 80 hours a week. Do you really want that job? That's how we start slowing it down. And th those, are tough, those are tough things to analyze. I, I love this. Uh, I, I'm glad you asked him that, Mark, because one of the things that you made me think of when you said this, Craig, is I love that you're boiling it down to one word. Because if you actually ask somebody that question, they might start tell you, start telling you a whole thing. Well, I just want to, I want to be happy and I want to live life and I want to be able to travel and I want to have money. And, I wanna, and it's like, no, boil it down to a word. What's the most important? Is it freedom? Is it adventure? Is it peace? Is it love? Have you been missing love your whole life and you want love? You want to give love? You want to get love from other people? Like, and then asking that question makes it really powerful. Then it's like very simple. It's, it seems like the obvious but simple thing of like, well, if I buy the, if I buy the watch, am I more adventurous or am I more free or am I more love? Like, I, I do think that you could ask a whole bunch of questions. And it's just, I don't know. I love the, I love the boiling it, forcing people to boil it down to the word that's most important to them. I think that's so critically important. And I'm curious if you two have experienced this when you work with your clients and you say, what, you know, what is it that you want? Well, I don't want to have this. I don't want to have that. And every, they list everything <laughs> that they don't want. 
And it's so funny to listen and say, thank you so much. I hear you. You're very clear on all that. But you actually didn't answer the question. <laughs> Bring it back. And, 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 and they just, it's just so confused. They're like, no, I really didn't know. You actually didn't. What do you, what do you want? And you boil it down. And for me, you know, I brought a piece because that was something that I wanted. Um, I, I always said before I was arrested, I wanted freedom. And to me, peace and freedom are two sides of the same coin. And my clients primarily want that peace as well. They primarily yeah. want um, a little bit more simplicity in their lives. So just boiling it down to that one word and using that as the filter that we can then move forward with is, it's so empowering. And it's empowering, I think, because it is simple. Yeah. I, I think it's a really good question that Mark asked you, because when I think about a book or a talk, a talk is a little different because a talk you could leave really open-ended and it's totally fine, but nobody wants to read a 200 page book and then go, Oh, he told me to get off the treadmill. How do I do that? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> what I can take away from this entire book, not saying that you were heading that route. Right. But of course, like, you know, we want to find that way, like what's the creative way. Like I would be looking for that creative way to get people to a recognize when they are actually on the treadmill and it's not just a feeling or a, you know, or they haven't followed the wrong path or done the, you know, like to really the same way that you want them to be crystal clear i think you would i would want a crystal have a crystal clear diagnosis of myself of like mm. i'm on a treadmill <laughs> and i need to slow down or jump off you know or whatever um even the whole point about point number two life knocking you off do people get back on i mean like right do people try to like figure out a way to get back on yeah. or so i just i feel like you have a lot of little micro scenarios that might be cool but i i feel like even just a really good assessment of a couple of questions that might clear it up. And you probably already have this in your head because you coach and you do this. So it's not like in your writing, but I think, I feel like it's a clear assessment of the awareness if you are on it or if you're not, maybe you're running with one leg. I don't know. Maybe you're like, maybe, maybe sometimes you're on it and sometimes you're not, I don't know. There could be a lot of, I don't know. What do you think, Craig, Mark? Well, I, so I think two things on there. Um, I would love to address the people getting back on the treadmill because I can actually speak to that really specifically because I am a member of a white collar support group and our members are at any different phase of the process. Some are just indicted, mm. some have been out for 20 years, but something that comes up so frequently is the idea of I need to replace what I used to make, otherwise I won't be mm. happy. Uh -huh. And it's, and, and it's, it's going to get right back on there. Wow. It's going to get right back on that treadmill. And there's, you know, obviously a, a tremendous amount to unpack there. It's, you know, the, I won't be happy unless I make X amount of money, which is not true whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then um, something else I'd like to bring up how we know we're on the treadmill is we are Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Day after <laughs> day. More. Day after day, same thing. <laughs> living on autopilot, just you know, the alarm goes off. Get up, you shower the same exact way. You take the same way to work. You do the same thing at work. Mm -hmm. You have the same conversations. You're doing the same projects. All of these things, and all the while, and it is, it is a little bit of that feeling. But you know, just saying, is this all there is? You know, that is a telltale sign that you're on the treadmill. If you find yourself saying, is this all there is? Is this all I'm meant to do? You know, and, and wishing that things were different, but no action is 
being taken on it and just five days a week going to your nine to five. And I'm not knocking that, but if it's not bringing you joy, then it's something that you need to look at, you know, and it's, it's, if you, if you're in Groundhog Day, you're on the treadmill. Wow. Does that mean, I, I, I'm curious, does that mean that part of assessing and figuring out if you're on the treadmill is taking a look at some of your routines? Absolutely. I am a huge fan of routines. I have a two plus hour morning routine that sets me up for writing for the day. It sets me, it puts me in flow. It allows me to reach that state. I'm a huge fan of routines because that routine serves me. That routine also has moments where it becomes rote. And you know that's very easy for a routine to do, but it no longer serves me. So then I have to change it. And so it's very important to look at our routines to see you know, one of the most powerful questions that we can ask ourselves, and I do this um, all throughout my morning. Uh, I, I take a cold shower every morning. It's the first thing I do. I make my bed and I jump in a nice cold shower every single morning. I've been doing it for four years. have missed very few days. But before I pull back that curtain and jump in, why am I doing this? Mm. When I sit down to meditate, why am I doing this? I do it when I'm stirring my coffee in the morning. Why am I doing this? And that just really sets that intention for that routine. Why it pulls out a little bit from that routine and understand why we're actually doing something. So that gives us that analysis into that routine. Is it serving me? Because there are times, honestly, I do some of this stuff every single day, sometimes with the cold shower. This, this morning, I asked myself, why am I doing this? And I said, it's because it's what I do. Hmm. That's not a great reason. That's a groundhog. That's a groundhog answer. That's a groundhog day answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Thank you for pulling that right back. It is. That's a groundhog answer. That was my answer. And I, I stopped and I said, "Wow, I gotta, you know, I gotta think about this a little bit." Which was really stinky this morning because when I let the water run too much, it gets even colder. Ooh. So when I, was, when I start so while thinking, you're contemplating it, it's getting contemplating, worse. It's getting even worse. <laughs> No good. No good. <laughs> Craig, I think that's the, maybe if the golden, if the question of why am I doing this is the question to see if you're on the golden treadmill, maybe that's the golden question. I'm sorry to the golden treadmill. I have it all backwards. You know what I'm saying? Is that, that's the golden question. I think maybe that's the question that you ask and oh you call God. it. You just gave me a gift. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, well, well, you said it, you and said I just it. wrote, you wrote it. it. Yeah, you. I mean, you didn't say golden question, but you said the question, and I was like, "That's the golden question, though," because you got you narrowed down to that. And I think that's if you are going to describe it as the golden uh, treadmill, I think that's the golden question. Oh my God! Thank you for that gift. Yeah. Yes, I may have said it, but you connected the dots. And yeah, 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 just, yeah. My brain is now doing that thing. Uh, where it's going 9 million miles an hour, because that just brings me right back to the routines. It brings back to all the questions that we just talked. I was like, I can apply that to so many different areas. Well, I, it was one thing that made me not feel, I, it was my brain trying to make clarity of it because I saw all these other micro, some people might be not clear and be like, 
I don't think I'm on a treadmill or I am on a treadmill or, uh, and there, you know, and I was just thinking of all the scenarios. And then when you started really narrowing it down to the questions, I was like, that's the golden question. So the golden question is a simple question. Why am I doing it? If you can answer it with something that feels meaningful and going back to your words again, right. That feels like meaningful. What was it again? Like, uh, what was the other word? Me, uh, meaning What's and up? fulfillment, fulfillment, right? Yep. So if it feels like it has meaning and is fulfilling me, then awesome. Then I'm not, then it's not treadmill. It's not golden treadmill time, but if it doesn't, it's not. And so that helps me with awareness. Well, I tell you what it helps me with. It helps me to realize that this is not just for people who are on this treadmill as the way you described it, right? It actually opens up because one of my first concerns was, well, what if I don't feel like I'm on a treadmill? Man, maybe I don't need to listen to the reinvention architect on this. But the universal approach here first, I think, is this one word thing, right? That, 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 that's great, right? Because then systematically after I figure out the one word, now I can start thinking about my routines. Whether I think I'm on a treadmill or not, everybody's got routines that they can look at. And then asking that golden question of, why am I doing this? And making sure that your answer is not, because that's the way I always do it. Because not only do individuals get caught up in that, but there's a lot of companies and organizations that get caught up in that. Well, why do we, why would we do that? Well, we've been doing it for the last 15 years. Well, that's not a reason why we do it. Maybe right. we need to slow down our golden treadmill because that's what we're on right now. Ooh, can you imagine all kinds of people saying, I think we're on a golden treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> so I just love the system of the one word, the 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 recognition of of habits and routines, and then asking that question because I think it now makes it a very universal approach to to your concept. I love the way that you just put that together. I think yeah. that's absolutely brilliant. And I love the fact that you brought corporations into that because corporations are behemoths. And they're, if anybody's on the golden treadmill, they are. You they're know, manufacturing them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And, 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 you know, I was just reading this fascinating thing uh, a couple of weeks ago about how corporations don't typically have a longer lifespan than 100 years. I mean, just they don't because of that reason, just like a person, like most people don't live past hundred years, neither, neither do corporations as good as they might be, as big as they might be, as relevant as they might be. And probably for the same reason, you know, some of the clarity that's coming up for me now um, also is making me think, Craig, that it doesn't have to also be, I mean, Mark is kind of making this clear with some of the things he's saying. You, It doesn't have to be the big, like, oh, there's this huge, treadmill it could be like some days i go to the gym and i hop on a treadmill and some days i don't like you could be on the you could be on a temporary golden treadmill right could be a, a time period of your life it doesn't have to be the big grand scheme of life itself you could just like when people have mental health um episodes and they feel depressed for a time period or you know people are suffering um with with things where they have like an episode it could be the could kind of be the same maybe i don't know what do you think I think that's an important delineation that it doesn't have to be this all encompassing permanent. big thing and that it could be very, yeah, definitely not permanent. Um, it can be just temporary. It can be in one part of one's life, you know, specifically uh, maybe with relationships, yeah. maybe with um, exactly. job, 
you know, there's so many different um, factors in this, you know, romantic relationships, um, fr your friendly relationships, you know, where are we just doing the same thing over and over again, Ex you know, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, you know, right. and just right, right. Keep, keeping going. Yeah, I got yeah. another one for you. Food relationships. I love yeah. to just figure out the, 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 the golden <laughs> treadmill of the midnight snack. Stop doing it. <laughs> what is it? Why am I doing this? You have to ask yourself. You're, you're sitting at the fridge. You have the fridge open. You're like, why am I doing this? It's definitely not bringing me peace or love or joy or happiness. And, right. And I think, I mean, tonight, I hope you do when you raid that fridge at midnight. I hope my voice and Kathy's voice is in your ear saying, why am I doing this? Golden question. I hope that yes. pops up. And uh, you said something important in here that I would love to. You made, it made me think of something, talking about that one word. Um, those are also can be referred to just as core values is one way to look at those. Um, but I think something important with that is to have them limited. Because if everything becomes this very important thing, then nothing's important. Totally. So to limit them. Um, for me, I have seven. Yeah. Well, I, okay. I liked the, I liked even the one, Craig. And, you know, and again, not that there's only one thing in your life. But if you boil it down to the most important thing, I think, you, yeah. That, that I absolutely agree. There's, um, it's kind of a, if anybody's seen the Lord of the Rings, you know, the one ring to rule them all. Yeah, <laughs> yes, is, yes. There yes. is the one. And for me, it would be freedom. And I, I, you know, I cheat a little bit with that because that also means peace for me. So I kind yeah. of double dip on that. But that is, that's my, well, that rules them all. It's a, I think there's subsets of that, right? Cause mine might be adventure. That would be the first one I would go to. I want, I want my life to be adventurous, but there's so many other subsets to that. But if, if I had to pick the one and I would love to hear yours, Mark, since we always play games on our shows, the, yes. the, our, you know, our game today, today is that Craig revealed his, I'm revealing mine. What's your, what's your one word, you know? My one word is joyful. Mm. I, I, I want everything to um, make me and those around me to feel joyful. So then that's got me thinking, what did I do before I jumped on this to this conversation with you all that permeated that joyfulness that I want to have with myself and my family? You know, what am I doing even in this conversation to then um, experience that joyful feeling and to make you two feel joyful as well during this conversation? So that'd be my word. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Can we now take that word? And when you go to the fridge tonight at midnight, is that midnight snack? Is that joyful? <laughs> and maybe it is. Like, <laughs> and, and, and maybe it is. And sometimes yeah. it might not be. Yeah. yeah. You know what I like about this, Craig and Mark? You just, because when you said joyful, you also made me think about it in a different way because you are the most joyful person I know. I like, I don't know anybody's positive and full of joy and bringing joy to other people as you you're like you're at the top of my list there so maybe even some of the things that you do in your life that that feel hard and in that moment it's not joy the thing isn't joyful but if you go back to craig's golden question i love that i do love that too it's like why am i doing this you the answer could definitely be to bring somebody joy for instance i'll give you like a scenario that ran through my head i hate painting. I cannot stand it more than anything. I would rather lift heavy boxes, cannot stand painting. And, you know, I went, my son was like, you know, he bought his first house and he had to paint the basement. And I was like, okay, I'll help you paint. 
So in that moment, the thing didn't bring me joy. But if I were to ask Craig's golden question, I were to say, why am I doing this? And if I were you, Mark, I'd be like, I'm bringing, I'm bringing somebody else that I love joy by something that's not fun or joyful or easy for me. Right. So I just played a scenario on that. I like that. I think that just reframes painting didn't change. Painting is painting. It's putting a roller on a wall. It is quite monotonous, but it reframes the context behind it and gets the, it gets the, (laughs) it gets the, you know, the intention. You're just very intentional about it. I'm not loving this right now, but I'm doing this with my son for my son. That brings me joy. You know, what a beautiful reframe. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Can can I, can I just say, because I, I, I love the, 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 the way that sounds. Painting doesn't change, but the intention does. Mm. And that's what I heard you say. And I, I, that, that just permeated so well. And I don't know how much it can resonate with other people, but I thought that was very genius the way you said that. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I think that's so critical though. You know, that applies to so many things. Let's say, you know, um, I, I, I love working out. I just love it because it brings me, it brings me joy. It's just something I like doing. Um, but if my goal behind that, my intention behind that was, let's say I'm in a lovely relationship, but let's say I was looking for, um, you know, to attract somebody, that's going to put a whole, de- working out still yeah. the same. Doing yeah. bicep curls, that does not change. The energy behind that yeah. changes. Totally. And for those of us that are married, Mark, we're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> we have to really love to working out, doing bicep curls. <laughs> but I, but to your point, that's well, that you can check your intention on these things, right? Some people absolutely get joy out of it, or you might get the joy out of the the second or third thing that comes from it, right? of, you know, finding a new relationship, being, for me, if I, if I could get my butt to the gym, I'm sure I would be happy. I don't like doing leg work, but I'm sure my soccer playing ability would be very happy somewhere down the line when I could be better. Right. You just made me think of, I cannot remember where I heard this. I think it might've been on the Tim Ferriss podcast, but somebody was saying, um, it's very easy. If somebody, if I were to ask you, who's your favorite artist, it's very easy to say, Picasso, Pollock, uh, Rothko, you know, to come up with some big name, Monet. Yeah. Who's, who's your third favorite artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so what you were just saying made me think of that. What are the ancillary effects? What are the ripple effects? Like second, going third. beyond the second, the third, the fourth. Yeah. And there's a real richness and depth yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I do. I love that. I do love that. Cause that, that makes you, uh, that makes you search for deeper meaning or deeper, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you only like one artist? No, you probably like several. So what are, yeah, what are some of the other ones and why? And so, yeah, same thing is like what, yeah. Oh, why is, why is such a game changer? Yeah. Why is, I don't want to take us down like a whole rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> I, grat- gratitude is something I started practicing when I was in prison. And I didn't even realize that it was a thing because I didn't have access to the internet. It's just something that came inherently to me to mm. say, I'm grateful I saw this morning sunrise. And I realized that felt really good, but I started adding why to the practice. I'm grateful for this morning's coffee. Why am I grateful for this morning's coffee? Because mm-hmm. I have the ability to brew coffee. I have the ability to buy the coffee. I have, you know, whatever it may be. 
But that why, we could use that in so many different aspects to go so much deeper into the meaning behind something. Well, and that's multiple golden questions then, right? Because in one area, you got the, why am I doing this? And then the other one in the gratitude area, it's like, why? Why does this bring you joy? Why does this make you grateful? Woo, I love yeah, this. And, and I think it also then begs the question of, you know, like taking your scenario, Kathy, you talked about with the, the, the painting. It's, it's why am I doing this? And it's what do I do next, right? Because sometimes people really get stuck on what is it that I do next? I know yeah. I don't want to do this. It goes back to what you were saying. We get, get very caught up in, well, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that and I don't want to do that and I want to get off the treadmill and I want to stop doing this and I want to stop doing that. All right, but now what do you want to do? How do you get that clear idea about what the next step is? I was, I was going to say, let Kathy jump on that one. <laughs> All right, I'll take a hack at it, right? <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I think is coming up really clearly, uh, Craig, is, uh, of course, awareness, right? I, I, I had to start there. And, and I think that people can be so indecisive. Like, there can be like, they can be indecisive on like, well, am I actually happy? Am I not happy? No, I'm happy. I'm not happy. Should I make this decision? Should I not make this decision? Yeah, that'll make me happy. No, that, I mean, I think that, you know, one of our major human conditions is not, is just, we're, we're all, we're scattered. We're too, we're too many places. So this, these questions, the why it really takes you down a path of, of clarity, of conciseness of like, you know, and so I don't know. One of the things that, so the first question might be that I think the first step that you start at might be like, why am I doing this? And then, you know, I don't know, like how in my mind, what's the whole system, right? If, if the awareness is like, and, and, you know, I'm thinking about your book. So Craig, I'm thinking about like, if there's like three major sections and one's awareness, one is like transitioning. And then one is, is practicing. I'm just making this up. Right then there might be little chapters with each kind of big, big section. What is that middle? What is that? What is the transition? And then what is the practice now that I've learned to recognize the golden, you know, the golden treadmill, whether that be the larger golden treadmill of life or the, the little smaller mini treadmills of, of day-to-day -day or scenarios or relationship based or whatever. Um, then how do I, ultimately, I feel like you're getting people to the practice space. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, like what's, what's next on a very large scale um, would be really to go back to when you were a child and take a look at the single word that you came up with and the other words that flow from that and see how they apply to the things that you love doing as a child. And I almost guarantee that they're going to sync up perfectly. Mm. Because when we were a kid, we wanted to do things for that feeling. You know, we wanted to really do that thing for the feeling. And we did those things for that feeling. Mm. So in regards to what's next, I would look back to some of the things that you did as a child that the responsibilities of adulthood extinguished and mm. start bringing those back in to your life for no other purpose than to experiment with them to see how you relate with them now and to see if they bring that joy, meaning, and fulfillment. 
And that's something that I think is a really good way to identify that, you know, what is next. Um, for me, as an example, I had a childhood love of writing. I have now connected with that again. I have a childhood love of cars. I've always loved cars. My next step on that is going to be to buy something that I can restore from the ground up. Mm. To have that tactile feel to get in there. I've never done that. I don't know how to, but to, you know, just to explore something cheap, something kind of crappy. <laughs> you know, we want to be we want to be mindful about our experiments. <laughs> but, you know, to to just kind of allow ourselves to go back to that childlike sense of awe and wonder. And Craig, if you write about it, like if you blog about it, then you can double down and get twice the amount of joy out of that. Oh, I, I totally do. Because <laughs> so you said fun- you love writing. So. so, I mean, when I say I love writing, I mean, I've, I've written, um, I use Grammarly to write and, yep. uh, you know, it tracks how much, how many words you've written over time. Yeah. I've written 21 million words, no, 20 million words, wow. which is the equivalent of 360 of my book. Wow. That's just me trying to alchemize my ideas. Yeah. And a lot of that does come out as blog posts. So I do get to double dip. A lot of the stuff that I'm actually, a lot of the stuff that I'm putting out now, on you know, like LinkedIn, those are me trying to get to the point where I want the book to be. So people are actually getting sneak peeks of the book without even really knowing it. And and, and they're part of your testing for the book and stuff too, right? (laughs) It is, it is absolutely. It's some, it's some testing. Um, and it's also, I honestly, it's primarily just me trying to figure out what the heck I want to say and how yeah. I want to say it. Yeah. I love that. Well, I love how much thought you put behind it too. Like, I love, I love that you're trying to alchemize it via writing and t- what we're doing today, talking through it. It's awesome. It gives you, it gives you the ability to, to create a scenario before you actually write it down or go a certain direction. It's, it's. it's very much how my brain is wired. So I'm very Mm -hmm. fortunate, you know, I've kind of figured out how I work and I work within those parameters. So it's, you know, that's part of my process. I thought writing the second book, I'd be able to shortcut the process a little bit from the first one, because the first one I wrote a million words to get to those 52,000. And I'm realizing that's just part of it. That is how I get to the truth of the matter and the rawness of the matter, because that's where the good stuff is. Yeah. Mark, I have a question for you. Go for it. I'm going to put you back on the spot now. Trying to Uh-oh. put me on Uh-oh. the spot. Uh-oh. Uh, we, we're going to play these games, Mark and I. And then poor Craig or the person that's on our show gets to be like the... <laughs> we're like, we're all going to play this game. No, I, just Mark, I, you know, I'm going to ask you because we have these conversations with people all the time. So I'm not going to put Craig on the spot, but every, anybody's welcome to answer. Okay. One challenge I see with this book, with this concept... As great as it is, I feel like the marketer in me is like, oh, people will only go to this book when they're at their last space and they don't feel like they need it ahead of time, even though we all here probably know that we all do. How do we get people to want that ahead of time? Like, what is the, what is the, what's the magic in there? What's the extra in there that makes people want it before it's kind of like, I mean, and I'm just going to put this a little bluntly. It's kind of like people don't go to AA until they feel like, Oh, my life is out of control. I need to go to AA. Right. And so I don't want people to do that with your book. I I want people to, to feel like they need to read it no matter what. So that's my question for you, Mark. 
for and me, my response to your question comes down to two words and one and, and both of them were something that Craig said earlier. Mm-hmm. Purpose and happiness. And I believe that everybody is chasing purpose and everybody is chasing happiness. And I don't have to be in a rut or in a struggle or in a dark place to want to chase that. And so if the golden treadmill is about, you know, fulfilling a purpose or chasing, you know, more happiness in your life, well, then I think that is what makes it applicable and relatable and universal to other people. But Mark, you're a book nerd. Like you, (laughs) (laughs) if you saw that, you would be like, "I want to read that book." Right? So, no, no, I love that, Mark. I'm, I'm just messing with you. You know, I am. No, but you're right. But you're right. But but I do, and I, but I still think what I said applies a little bit because I do think that you know there are a certain segment of people that would go, "Oh, you know, this joy will will lead me to purpose and happiness." But what if, what if I don't think I need that? Like. And you know, not every book is for everybody. So I'm not, I'm also not trying to say Craig that like your book should be like the book for everybody, even if we believe that it is, you know, but what I would love to do is to not have, you have such a good idea. Oh, Mark has something, but let me just finish. I would love for you to not have this great idea. And then it gets lost in the midst of, it sounds like a million other books, Mark. You just had your like serious, like I seriously have a good idea face. (laughs) Listen, I don't know because you're right. I'm a book nerd and as a motivational speaker, as a coach, like we're we're, we're just in an ambitious space, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Would it be true to say that many people are looking to find out how they can do things better in life? Probably not. That's the ambitious mind, isn't it? That's my yeah. That's mind. the man, man. that's the bridge I'm looking for, Craig. I don't know that mm. the bridge I'm looking for is that, and this happens a lot when you work with clients. You already know this. The clients over here on the other side of the Grand Canyon, and you're on this side of the Grand Canyon, and you know you know what they need, but there's you there you have to have a pretty long bridge in order for them to get to what they need, or maybe you're not on one side, you and the client are on one side and what they need is on the other side. Some kind of analogy like that. I, I, in regards to the coaching, I like that. Um, I use the alphabet. Um, Let's say that I'm at M and my client is at A. Sure, eventually they'd like to get to M, but all they wanna do is know how to get to B. So I have to go back to A and walk with them to go to B. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying about the book too, is exactly what I'm saying. Right. It's like that, that has to be wired into it somehow. I think the idea the thought and everything, what does a, to, what does a look like? I, I have to, I have to give that some really serious thought and the book. So what I'm playing with and what I'm struggling with is I really want to, um, it's going to be a little bit memoirish, like my mm-hmm. first book. So I want to do this in a little memoir because I love writing in the first person, but I want to um, put the reader in my shoes. So I want to kind of where I was before pre-choice Craig when I was sprinting on that thing. And I really want to tell the story of that so that I can connect with the emotions. How how that's going to um, make somebody go to Amazon and hit the buy button, I don't know. But I want to, you know, I'm going to have to give that some thought. And the marketer in you might cringe at this 
but I literally, when I say I'm not even being altruistic, when I say to help one person, I could put six years of work in this. And if one person says it helped them and it gets lost, I'm good to go because I, I'm doing, because I'm, I'm doing yeah. exactly what I love to do. And it actually informs the work that I do with my clients. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Craig, yeah. Craig, let me ask you this. Um, this book, if I were to use the term roadmap and I would say it's a roadmap to what, what would this book be a roadmap to? I would say my first gut is meaning. It's yeah. to, it's to meaning because that's why I really firmly believe I'm heavily influenced by Viktor Frankl and man's search for meaning. And he says that everyone has a will to meaning in life, that we want our experiences in our life to mean something. And that resonates so much with me. So it would be a roadmap to meaning, but I'm going to have to come back to uh, my reinvention architect. I would call it a blueprint. Mm -hmm. Okay, which, which is fine, which is fine. Yep. I, I ask that because, you know, Kathy, we always are trying to think about how do you how do you expand your idea to to touch and reach the most amount of people, right? And then sometimes I think about how people talk about um, a, a a niche audience, right, or a target population, and how listen the greatest ideas don't necessarily apply to every single person on the planet. Um, so, you know, yes, you're right. Maybe not everybody's looking for more happiness or more meaning or more fulfillment or more effectiveness. Um, but there's probably a lot of people out there who do realize it. Um, with that said, I think Kathy's question is a great question for you to ponder moving forward because yes, if I, if I only think I should read this book because I'm running on this treadmill and I'm trying to get off. Kathy's right. Not everybody thinks they're running on a treadmill, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that it, it, it is a really important question to ponder. And, and also to Kathy's point and to emphasize what you're saying, people may be squarely running on it and sprinting and be very offended if somebody were to say that they were on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go too far, far down the marketing route. I just wanted to bring it up, but I will say a couple of things. I mean, what I heard you say too about the meaning, and then you kind of rephrase it as blueprint, but um, I, I made me think of like a line or something of like, we're all running to something, but what are we, but what are we running to, or what are we, what are we running for or something? Um, anything that makes everybody feel included in something will, will be, it's like, okay, that gives me a little curiosity too. There's like a curious thing there. Like you're going to explain that as opposed to just a concept that if I, I have to either love the concept or hate it. It reminds me of a guy that used to be in my Toastmasters club a long time ago. He was my very first mentor. I love him to death. And he talks about sailing way too much. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody's like, okay, we're so done with the sailing metaphors. And, and if you're not a sailor, if you're a sailor, you probably love his stuff. Right. But, you know, and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, and, and you know, not that the, obviously the treadmill is an easy one. I, most people hate working out. Let's just be honest, but most people can also recognize that the treadmill is not about working out. The treadmill is being, being stuck on something. Anyway, 
I just love that we have the conversation, Craig, and that you have it planted in your head, because I think also when you're writing a book or when you're writing a TED talk, you have to think about the, the step that the person that you want to reach, at what point in the story do you want them to step into it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I actually can't wait for this to go live because I'm going to have my pen and paper and be taking <laughs> copious amounts of notes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's awesome. This is so great. Um, you know, okay. As a final thing really quick, cause I think, you know, I think we've, to me, I think Mark, we've cleared up a lot of things. Like I love the golden question. I love, I love that. Um, I love Craig, some of the things you said, even the importance of the why, because the why is in the golden question, but the why is also the why to the joy, the meaning, the fulfillment. I don't know. To me, some of these pieces are starting to become more clear. I feel like, I feel like, anyway, I feel like we did a lot of work, but I'd love to hear what everybody, what everybody got out of it. I'll start with you, Mark, and then I'll ask Craig. For me, I got a system and, and, and it was really important for me to get that because when we started the conversation, the golden treadmill was about a state of being. And once we clarified that everybody was in this state or whomever is in this state, my brain was, okay, well, how do we get out of this state if we've identified it as a state we don't want people in? So then getting to the system of the one word, the identifying the routines, and then asking that question was real helpful for me in this process. Yeah, I love that. Same. This this conversation for me has allowed me to crystallize the idea <clears throat> on a much deeper level. And there are, when I have conversations like this, when I sit down to write the following day, those days are brilliant. So mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow morning because you've definitely, both of you have like unlocked and moved so much stuff around for me. So I wanna thank you both for that. But I love, I mean, the golden question, that's just brilliant. Um, I love the way that you th you threw out as examples, but they were brilliant, the three different sections. Mm -hmm. That really, really clicked in my brain. I thought that was lovely. And I'm going to, I'm going to run with that and see mm. where it takes me. So I thank you for that. And then the, I would also say marketing, you know, um, it's a little bit of my Achilles heel. I am a little bit I'll be quite frank, stubborn in my ways of like, I like writing. This is what I, I would, I mean, the thing is I would put this book, I would work like a lunatic on this book regardless. So that's part of it, but I do have to give thought to that. So you really have opened up my mind with that question to think a little bit differently. And it's really important because it's also going to, it's not only just for book sales, it's going to inform the direction of the book. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, I, I'm, Craig, I'm really happy to hear all that. For me, I think a lot of everything that you just said is so good. I loved the one word right out of the gate. When you got us down to a word, I was like, oh, I could ask myself. Yeah, I could ask myself about that. You know, how is that creating adventure in my life? You know, and then thinking about the why am I doing this? And is that leading to the adventure? And, and, and even some of the like when you talked about having like seven core values, Adventure is like really important to me, but there's, a, there's values underneath there too. So it's just being really clear on the things that actually bring you the joy, the meaning and the fulfillment, right? So 
Yeah, I think when you get really clear on that one word, it the other ones flow naturally yeah. and they're yeah. all interwoven. They support each other. They stand alone really well, but when they work in conjunction, it brings mm-hmm. you to that one word and really it sets it afire. Yeah, yes. I love that. Ooh, I love this. I'm super excited about your book, whether it's called The Golden Treadmill or that is the <laughs> nugget that's that's buried in there and it's something else. I also would encourage you just really quick on a side note, I've been thinking a lot about my next book that I'm writing and I've been toying with the idea of just naming it with something with one word, you know, so that might be Mm. something to think about as well. Could be a word. And then, and then you could have what uh, the subtitle underneath could be the explanation of it. Like if Mark and I were to write a book, it'd probably be called speak, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Right? Like or, or, you know, or something like that or word. I think I want to name, I was thinking about writing a speaking book called word. <laughs> so, so sounds like we just got lost back in our eighties. Word. Yeah, word. <laughs> exactly. That's very powerful. There's something to be said for a one word title is very powerful. Yeah. So I like I that a lot. So I would encourage you to think about that as well. Cause I, and I think your conversation naturally got us to that space. It, the, you want people to get to one word. What if you named your book with one word? So as an English teacher, that would be <laughs> uh, symbolic of the meaning behind the message. Yeah. Yeah. That Ooh. would be, that would be me walking my walk. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly, that you actually named it. I love that. Well, I'm glad this is where we landed. Just, you know, just to tell people, like, where's the best place to find out about you, Craig, and to see your TED Talk? You have a website. Like, tell us where we can follow you, find you, connect with you. Absolutely. So the website is craigstanland.com. The TED Talk is titled, How I Learned My Greatest Worth in Federal Prison. Mm. So you Google that, it'll bring you to YouTube or the TED homepage. Um, My book is available on Amazon, Blank Canvas, How I Reinvented My Life After Prison. And I am on LinkedIn uh, six days a week, posting content that I hope, you know, adds value and is also a preview to, to the book. Yep. So if you want to find a preview to Craig's book, go to LinkedIn and connect with him there for sure. Check out his website. Definitely watch his TED talk. I saw it. It's awesome. And in, and his book, which I haven't read yet, but Mark has, and I am on my way to Craig. I'm super excited about, about your next book. I can't, I can't wait to see what you name it. I can't wait to see the sections. I can't wait to see how you market it, all the things that we talked about. Um, So thanks for having this conversation. To anybody watching, if you want to be on the show with Mark and I, just go to our website. It's about to go down show.com. Reach out to us or let us know if you know somebody that you're like, hey, you need to be talking to Mark and Kathy. Um, But because of today, I will definitely, I can definitely say with 100% surety that with Craig, it went down. 